Welcome to Zero to a Million, where we interview multimillionaires on how they scaled their business to $500 million. Uh, 10 years ago? Nah, there are plenty of those types of podcasts out there. We want to provide you with strategies real-time while we scale Unstack from zero to a million. Every week, you can learn from our successes and failures. Plus, get tips from our mentors and advisors. While we implement, you learn. While we learn, we scale. Welcome to the Zero to a Million podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of Zero to a Million brought to you by Unstack. I'm Zach Rigo. Today, I'm joined by one of my favorite LinkedIn connections, He's constantly bringing the heat with the midweek, midday motivational minute. I'm a sucker for alliteration. I'm a sucker for motivation online. And he's currently the director of collegiate sales at Teamworks, Larry Long Jr. Thank you for joining me today, Larry. Come on, Zach. Thank you for being here. Absolutely my p- privilege and my pleasure to be here with you. Hey, I brought you on. I- I've known you uh, only for a few months now, but obviously been following what you've been doing on, on LinkedIn and You've got quite a resume. You, you've, you've played college baseball, right? You came up, you built a business around coaching. Uh, you've worked for early stage startups. You've worked for publicly traded companies. Now you're obviously running a team at, at Teamworks. That's a wild ride. Take us through your, your sales journey before we dive into some of the real tactical stuff that people can implement today. Come, come on, Zach. It's been, quite the, it's been quite the adventure, or as some people would say, a misadventure, All right. the journey that I've been on. I mean, I started selling. Uh, probably when I launched Lawns by Larry, a little neighborhood lawn care service uh, that gave me my uh, my good foundation, knocking on doors, just getting thumped on the head. Get away from here. <laughs> I mean, people, thankfully, were pretty friendly. But uh, yeah, that was the start of my sales career. But uh, professionally, uh, Sageworks, I worked for a company, Sageworks, making 150 dials every day. And uh, that was really getting beat over the head. It's funny. I just talked to my accountant earlier and I'm waiting on that business. But we called on CPAs and accountants who, as you know, they get paid for their time. So trying to cold call and ice cold call them, that was certainly uh, some lessons, some life lessons uh, and great learnings. But yeah, I've had an adventure with small companies, which I love, mid-sized companies, large publicly traded companies, uh, entrepreneurship. I've owned a couple businesses myself, which has been an adventure and misadventure along the way. But I'm I'm truly privileged to be where I'm at today. Teamworks, uh, I think we say teamwork makes the dream work. We get to sell software to elite athletic teams. And as the director of collegiate sales, I'm kind of in my zone. I played baseball at University of Maryland. I know your listeners, they can't see, but I'm rocking the Maryland polo. Go turn. Under Armour only, right? <laughs> you know how we do. But um. Yeah, it's, it's been quite the ride, and I, I'm truly pre- privileged, and, and it's a pleasure to be here with you, Zach. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you. I think, um, you know, what I love about you, your attitude is always spot on. You're energetic. You're super engaging. Uh, you know, you, you've worked for larger companies and smaller companies. You kind of dropped, hey, I like working in the early stage startups. Why is that? What do you love about that? I, I, I don't like. I love okay. working for early stage startups. Really, it's it's the same reason why I love starting my own business because you 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 really get to touch, you get to impact every aspect of the business. When when you have a win, the business has a, a big win. Uh, when you're in a larger organization, you have a win. Other people are like, so what? <laughs> they don't even feel the impact. It's like 
Larry who? <laughs> oh, you mean employee number 800,476? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Whereas when you're in a small startup, it's like, oh, Larry, we're counting on you, man. We need you uh, to win. And what you do is impactful to either win or to learn so that we can then make the adjustment to get to where we want to get to. It's it's uh, truly something special and something that I, I absolutely love, being able to build something. And when you're building something, I mean, uh, I look at it. There's We're in a new neighborhood here in Durham, North Kakalaki. They're still building houses. We've been here for a little over a year. But as they build, they're learning. They're making adjustments. They're having impacts. And I, I just absolutely love being in that place. And when you think about that, I think one thing, you know, hey, even I'm struggling with it today. Uh, when you're building and you're changing and you're in a startup environment, things are constantly evolving. Not not only just the product, but, you know, product market fit, who you're marketing to, uh, how you're messaging. How do you keep a sales team engaged when you're doing that? Like, I'm trying to build a sales team. I've got a couple sales reps now. How do you keep them engaged and how do you really keep them focused on building as opposed to, I just need to get my commission check, which at a bigger company, right? There's that kind of every month or every quarter, your, your quota is coming up and people are just working in that rat race. Whereas in a startup, you really got to be pretty strategic as a salesperson and as a sales leader. You're absolutely correct. And that comes from hiring, making sure you bring in the right people that are on that same page and they understand I'm not here to clock in and clock out. Uh, like some of the traditional larger companies. I'm a part of something special, which requires me to follow a motion that's special. That's not the norm of just coming in, working for my commission check. It's really about being a part of something greater and being a part of building something special, which takes a special person. Uh, I mean, in my past experiences, the uh, what really comes to mind is what got you here won't get you there because as a company grows, those people that have the mindset of wanting to build and wanting to have the, the flexibility and, and really not knowing what's around the next corner as a company gets bigger and they have more processes, more structure. Uh, it's not for everybody. So it's really, it's, and I found that that's kind of a, a, a mismatch. Uh, I am a mismatch, but that's a mismatch <laughs> for what I'm looking for in terms of I really like that, that early early stage, uh, under 200 employees where it's just, uh, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Who knows what's going to happen today? And right. essentially the, the, the importance of wearing multiple hats and being flexible. So to answer your question, how do you keep a team engaged? Number one, you've got to hire the right people that are, are, are about that life, as I like to say it. Uh, number two, you've got to make sure that your why is very solid. Like, why Why are you here? What are you all about? So that folks can then kind of get with the program. They can follow you as a leader because it's crystal clear what you're all about. And we know in startups, like you said, the product market fit, you've got to be able to pivot but essentially, you, you've got to have a team that's rolling with you and they're really right. down to the roots uh, with what you're all about or else it's easy to get folks that are disengaged, uh, they're not happy, and they're looking elsewhere. So it's really, I would say it starts with the people that you bring on to the team that really contributes to the success within that environment. Yeah, let's chat about that because you, you've obviously worked for very large sales organizations, obviously been involved in some smaller ones. Uh 
How do you hire? What are you looking for that's different if you're at a, you know, channel advisor versus if you're at a early stage company, you know, hiring, you know, a small, small team of five to eight people? Yeah, I mean, so I use an acronym called EPIC. And number one is so important. The E is entrepreneurial spirit. You don't have to have owned a business in the past, but it helps because you know what it's like uh, to be on an island. You know what it's like to you get out of it what you put into it. You know what it's like to have to be resourceful. Speaking of resourcefulness, P is preparation and planning. Uh, that's important in a big company, but it's super important in a small company. Planning out, mapping out your day, mapping out your week, mapping out what next month might look like, and then being able to pivot. It's funny because my team just today, they were working on, we call it the uh, the, the prospect business report. Some people call it territory attack plan, but essentially we outline what does it look like in some of these conferences, the Power Five, the ACC, SEC, Big 10, Big 12, uh, uh, Pac-12, as well as the Big East and the American Athletic Conference. I think they call it the Power Six. But essentially, we mapped out what does it look like today? What do we want it to look like in the future? And then what's that plan to get us there? So that's that preparation and plan. And the I is internal drive and desire. Some people might call that grit. Essentially, what do you have in your heart? What do you have in your head? Are you mentally tough? We all get hit with obstacles. I want folks when they get hit with obstacles, they're going to find a way. I had a runner, cross-country runner from Boston College. He said, hey, Larry, I love your little acronym FIDO, which stands for Effort Drive On. He said, I'm going to steal that, but I'm going to give you one in return. I said, what you got? He said, me and my roommate called FITFO. I said, FITFO? What you talking about, Willis? He said, yeah, figure the F out. I said, yeah, figure the freak out. That's what you got to do in startup culture. So essentially, I want folks, when you get hit with an obstacle, you find a way over, find a way around, find a way under. And if you have to, come on, Zach, we're going to go right through it. Now, the C, I'm going to triple click on the C. C stands for communication. You got to be strong communicating, uh, but you also have to be a great listener. The other C stand for care. It's the give a give a dang factor. Do you actually care? Because if you're all about commission, if you're a me monster and you've got commission breath, which I recommend a couple of Tic Tacs to cure that commission breath. But if it's all about you, ain't nobody got time for that. Not in a startup. Also, are you curious? Do you have a natural curiosity? Because we've got to uncover and we've got to find our way of how we're going to achieve success. And then the last one, my favorite comedian, one of my favorite comedians, Kevin, Kevin Hart says it best. Say it with your chest. Are you confident? If you don't, if you're not a strong communicator, you don't care, you're not curious and you're not confident. Oh, good luck. Yeah. So that's what that's what I look for. And I mean, there's also the intangibles. Uh, or do you have a positive attitude? If you're a negative Nancy, negative Nelly, you can't be on my team. Uh, do you have integrity? Because every day we're going to get, there's going to be situations where we have to make a decision. And essentially, I want those folks that are grounded in a strong foundation of doing what's right, even when no one's watching. I think that's the definition of integrity. Uh, so those are kind of the intangibles, good team player, positive attitude, yeah. and, and you're just all aboard about something bigger than yourself. In a big company, I've worked with, I call them me monsters. That's all they care about. They wake up in the morning and it's all about that person in the mirror. Me, 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 me. I need people on my squad that care about you, 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 prospects, the company, colleagues, and how we're going to figure this out, not about I. 
I've been mentoring a lot of people uh, that you know have either lost their jobs, you know, during COVID, or uh, are looking for a change, or looking to change careers and get into sales. And you know, you mentioned kind of the the, the big distinction, right? And I've asked a lot of people, like, hey, do you want to be an individual contributor? Okay, what are you willing to do within the organization, right? Are you looking for that sales job where you can get an account in a territory and live on, and just continue to build those relationships? But you're just you're you're a me monster, right? You're just, you're collecting your check and you're going to grow a, a great earning and a great living. Or are you looking for experiences and are you looking to, to get involved in all different parts of the business and become, you know, a great salesperson within an organization, but really impact different pieces of the organization? And, and, and when they answer that question, I can really point them in the direction of what kind of job they should be looking for. Uh, and I, you know, Hey, I, it's so easy to say you have an entrepreneurial spirit. It really is easy to say that. And I think it's a buzzword that you get in a lot of interviews. Uh, any interview questions you use to check these things that are just like, hey, you know, dig into this one or two questions and you'll start to find really quickly what, what these people want. Yeah. So I'm a big believer. And it's funny because I just did a mock interview yesterday uh, with a young lady and uh, just her taking the time on a Sunday told me that she's got that internal drive and desire. But I'll tell you, I always ask for stories. Talk to me about a situation when you were faced with adversity. What did you do? How did you feel? What were the outcomes? Because people can, they can blow BS all day, every day. But when you tell me a story, that really represents how you've acted in the past. And I'm a big believer that how you've acted in the past is generally what you're going to, how you're going to act in the future. I mean, think about it, Zach. I, I haven't, I've been off the chain since I was in elementary and middle school. You, you can't change the stripes on a, on a, on a lion, I'm, on a zebra. I don't know how the saying goes, <laughs> but, but essentially my go-to question, it really goes like this. So Zach, if I were to talk with your colleagues, people that are familiar with you, either past or present, and I asked them, Hey, give me the scouting report on Zach. What does he bring to my team? What do they say? Not, not you, but in their words, what do they say are your top two strengths? And you're going to say, ah, oh, I'm, I'm a, uh, I don't know. I'm a hard worker and I'm a team player. Okay. Thanks, Zach. I hear that from everybody. Let's move on to the next one. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, what's he got for me? Hey, Zach, if I talk to those same people and I ask them, hey, where can Zach be stronger tomorrow than he is today? What do they tell me are your top two opportunity areas for improvement? Uh Uh-oh. Now the gears start turning. Now the BS meter starts to raise up. Yep. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, Larry, I'm too competitive. Mm-mm. Okay, I've never heard that one before. What story do they tell me that represents how you were too competitive? Hmm, uh-oh, let me see. What do I come up with? And now they pull the old avoidance of the question. Well, you see what happened was, no, I want a story that they would tell me that represents that overly competitive spirit. So that's really my go-to right there is in terms of are they self-aware and do they understand how others view them and do they understand where their opportunity areas for improvement are? And then I double down, double click. What are you doing to work on those areas? Love it. I think one thing I, I, I build off of that with is, uh, you know, people, people are always yearning for the next job, right? Even when they're interviewing for the job today. Uh, and, and, you know, opportunities to get better are always steps to get the next job. And I feel like everyone I talk to, uh, you know, former employees, current and, and people that I'm mentoring, they're always like, well, I, I want to get into this role. It's like, well, what are you doing today to get better so that you can achieve that goal? And, 
how are you exposing yourself to opportunities to get better? And if you can get people to tell you those stories, then it tells you that they're, they're one, either thinking about it, which is the first step, or two, they're taking action on it. And you're starting to get some real tangible ideas of how they're getting better. And I think that goes back to, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, drive, right? Like really, what are they thinking about to get five years down the road and advance themselves? Uh, you know, I think what, one thing I think about when, when founders are hiring, uh, you know, how do you gut check that? I think founders hire salespeople that they're hiring above where they should or to do more than they, they potentially could. You know, what are some things that you look for when you're like, hey, this person's going to punch well above their weight, right? They're going to know, they're, they're going to be able to not only sell, but they're going to be able to impact the business in multiple ways. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for me personally. If you want to join my team, you've got to have that it factor. And you're like, Larry, describe it. I can't really describe it other than giving you some names. Uh, Nathan Bird, the Birdman over at Channel Advisor. One of my current colleagues, Shaq Rashad, played football at UNC. I let that slide. I'm a Maryland right. Terrip and go Terp. I'm an NC State guy, so I'm going to have to let oh, that slide too. Wolfpack in the house, but he's a beast. When I spoke to him, I just knew this guy is going to be successful wherever he goes. Catherine Katz, who's now getting her MBA over at NC State. Just the absolute, when, when I talked with her, when I interviewed her, I said, I've got to have her on my team, whether I'm here, whether I'm there, whether I'm anywhere, because she's going to be successful in whatever it is that she does. So it's really, it's, it's just the total package of, of, of being skilled and, and, and having God given ability. But even more importantly, it's what you do. It's taking actions to maximize that skill that you've been blessed with. Uh, for me, I grew up playing sports, baseball, and some of my best teammates weren't the most skilled, but they were those that worked to get the maximum of the skill that they were given. And you talk about uh, punching above your weight class. <laughs> yeah, they've been able to get even more than what you would expect uh, out of their God-given ability. I'm looking for the same thing in the boardroom, same thing for my sales team. I want that person that 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 not only is smart, is sharp, has the skills, uh, but also has that internal. I mean, it, there's a quote that says, you can't stop the person that just won't give up. Think about that. If you're going against someone that just won't give up and Nathan Bird, who's now a manager, he had it written on a little sticky note on his computer. I'll never forget. And that sticky note said, relentless. When I played soccer with him, and I'm not good at soccer, I could see what he meant by relentless. He loved playing defense, and he was like a fly on, on the stink. He just didn't let the, the offensive player go. And I said, wow, he's taking that same relentless mentality from the pitch, which I think is what they call the soccer field, oh, yeah. into the boardroom. And it's absolutely amazing to see just how relentless he is. And in the boardroom, the, the nuance, the balance of being politely persistent uh, was just phenomenal. And it's absolutely, it's, I'm fortunate to have seen his progression from SDR into SDR manager, into account executive, to now being a leader, an account executive leader at a publicly traded company. Just truly amazing. That's awesome. Do you, do you look for, you've mentioned a few athletes, obviously you're a former athlete. I have a, a former boss who played hockey uh, on the collegiate level and always looked at hockey players as like a, a hiring factor, male or female. And mm. most of them weren't good, right? Like, I don't know if that's just hockey. That's not me against hockey. I, lo I like hockey players. They're fun. Uh, they can drink beers and have a good time. There's no doubt about that. 
But do you look for athletes? Is that something that you're like, hey, uh, that that tells me about teamwork. That tells me about uh, having a competitive spirit. Do you, do you look for that in any way? I, I love athletes, but I've had I've had mixed experiences with with athletes because some uh, just don't have that care factor. So I, what I really love about athletes is that many times they've been coached up uh, hard throughout their life. So they're able to take feedback and they're able to make adjustments. But I've also seen athletes where it's just been a mismatch. It hasn't been the right organization, hasn't been the right fit. Uh, and I've even seen athletes that have had it in here, but they just didn't have the ability, the skill level to be able to get it. It's kind of like me on, in, in playing soccer. I, I don't work well with my feet, which is why I played baseball. And for <laughs> your viewers, you can't see I got my, my pink baseball bat with me. I, I know my lane. I need to stay in my lane and it's not on the soccer pitch. So it's the same thing with with uh, athletes. Uh, I, I love what athletes can bring to the table. And uh, some of the names that I mentioned were athletes, but I've had top notch reps that weren't very good at, at sports, uh, but they were absolute beasts and, and absolute just overachievers uh, on the sales team, uh, fitting in the team. And essentially it was because they brought those attributes that I talked about before in spades. And essentially they lived it. They didn't think it. So many people think, uh, I want to be an all-star. I want to be the best. I want to learn. My question is what's holding you back and why are you not doing that right now? I mean, in today's age, there's no excuse with the use of Google, which is my best friend with the use of YouTube. You can find the answer. You can find learnings on anything and everything. I'll give you an example. I'm not very handy uh, when it comes to cars and uh, my wife is more handy than I am. But if I wanted to learn how to change my oil, I could go on to, to YouTube and they'd walk me through the video and take me step by step. So there's no excuse. And uh, as, as we've all seen during this pandemic, which has been terrible, people have had a choice. You could either Netflix and chill and just sit back on your laurels, or you could actually go out and make it happen. You could go and get it, whether that's uh, establishing new relationships, deeper relationships, learning a new skill, learning a language, you name it. But if I ask you, what did you do during this time of the pandemic, during the quarantine, and you don't tell me something substantial, uh, that's a that's an easy one right there. We're going to have to pass. You got to hit the road, Jack or Jill. Yeah, I love it. I uh, I repaired a dryer, or I'm sorry, a washer machine gasket this weekend using YouTube Ooh. and a toilet, which <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever want to do, but I'm also too cheap to pay anybody to do it. So we figure it out. We figure it out with uh, 30 minute videos on YouTube. Fitbo, I love it. Fitbo, yep, yep. And so you mentioned coachability. Uh, you know, one question I'm I've asked a lot of sales leaders. How have you transitioned to kind of managing your team remote? And have you always been managing remote? Do you have any strategies that have worked for you? Yeah, so we weren't remote. We were in the office with the exception of two of our reps, uh, one up in the, in the Northeast in Connecticut and one in Charlotte. So we were used to, to being able to vibe together. And uh, we've had to be flexible. We've had to be adaptable. We've had to make the adjustment. I mean, just last Friday, we had a conversation with the team. We have a Friday standing meeting. Uh, how do we make this the best time spent for everybody? So it's really leveraging the team to provide what do you need? And everyone's needs are different. I know that you've got a, a, a nice uh, present on the way in two weeks. I've got some reps on my team that that have newborns. I've got others that are single. 
uh, live by themselves. And those needs are truly different. I've got others that are navigating this e-learning, remote learning with kids. Uh, so it's really been uh, being flexible with each individual person. And then as a team, overly communicate. I know a lot of people are zoomed out, but I don't think that you can overly communicate as long as there's a purpose behind it. Uh, people really get tired of meetings just to meet. If there's not a clearly defined purpose, goal of the meeting, as as well as an action, what, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? What are you going to do as we come out of this meeting? That gets old real quick. But if you're able to, to really make sure each and every meeting has an action step, we're working towards this. This is the purpose of the meeting and this is the outcome of the meeting. And we're going to circle back in terms of how are we doing to that goal? Then you get the team on board. But even for us, it's been a challenge. And, and I've had a lot of conversations with sales professionals that are disengaged. Uh, essentially, their organization, their leaders have lost them. And unfortunately, when the market rebounds, which it will, we don't know when, uh, there's going to be a good number of folks that will be uh, making adjustments, I guess you could say, and looking for new teams to join. So it's a challenge that we all face. I can't say I'm immune to it. I can't say I figured it uh, the F out, uh, FITFO, but we're working on it and we are open to that communication, that feedback from the team. And most times people just want to be heard. They want to make sure that you hear them, that you value what they've said and you validate it and at least give it a try. So we've been trying uh, open Zoom rooms where folks can pop in with no purpose. It's just, hey, I'm working. I'm here alone. I'm in my room alone. I got my dog looking at me. Now I can chop it up and talk about the Alabama Georgia game. I can talk about the NFL games, Major League Baseball, what's going on. It's kind of like that virtual water cooler, uh, which has been great. Uh, some people choose to engage in it. Others, that's not their jam. It's all good. It's all good in the hood, but it's really being able to think through what can we do to serve? What can we do to support our individual reps and the team as a whole? Yeah, you mentioned communication. I think that's so key. I was working remote for a year before COVID hit, um, and I had a, a decent sized team. It was uh, 55 or 60 people total rolled up to me. And the one thing I felt like I, I lost, and I was big on this, right? Get up from my desk, walk over to someone else's desk and talk to them. And whether it was something they could answer with a yes or no answer, it led to more conversation. And it became so simple just to slack, right? Slack a question, get the yes or no, and move on with my day. And I stopped doing that about two months in and literally just slack calling everybody, video. I get the yes or no answer, five minutes of, of chopping it up, and the call, move on, yep. right? And it, it leads to building that relationship and really staying in touch. And I feel like that's so important. Like communication is key. It's really easy to feel like you're just scheduling a Zoom to do it. I like Slack call. I say, hey, you got a sec. When they reply, yes, I'm dialing, right? Video call, give me 30 seconds. Uh, but let's keep that interaction. And, and people open up, right? If they're frustrated, the only way you're going to get it out of them is if you, if you start a conversation. So true. So true. And, and and I like what you said in terms of the video call, strengthening that relationship, because a lot of times uh, communication is not verbal. It's 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 essentially the actions. It's how they say it, which uh, you can get a little bit over the phone. But when you're watching someone, 
you can tell just by looking in the eyes whether uh, how they're feeling and what the real deal is more so than you can over the phone. And we all know that being in person takes it to that whole different level. We're not there right now. So you've got to be flexible and you've got to adapt and adjust. Totally. All right. Last question, Larry. I'm excited about this one. I'm sure you, you, you're a big learner. You got, you got to have some good ones for us. Two books you recommend reading. Could be sales books, could be strategy books, could be autobiographies, things that have motivated you throughout your career. I love it. I actually, I got, uh, got one on the floor here and one kind of propping up my microphone. So the first one is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And I'm working on it. I'm still, I'm still working through that book. I'm a slow reader. Uh, I guess I need to get the audio book. <laughs> But um, just really preparing the mind and uh, getting your mind right, um, so far it's fire. I talked earlier about relationships, and I actually, I joined his huddle, I guess it's been since April. I've been on the huddle every day. Steve Nudelberg, Confessions of a Serial Salesman. And it's not cereal like the cereal you eat, but cereal, S-E-R-I-A-L. And Steve Nudelberg, he, he does a daily huddle from 8 o'clock to 8.30 with his son, Mark. But that book is 27 tips. And the tips, I'll, I'll keep it real with you. They're very basic. These are the basics, the ABCs of life, the ABCs of sales. The difference between contacts and contracts is the letter R. That letter R is relationships. It's not what you know. It's not who you know. It's who knows you. The power of music, the power of positivity. Steve drops all these basics that oftentimes can be forgotten. So you talk about key reminders as well as ways that you can implement them into your daily life, into your daily process. That's my go-to right there. So essentially, David Goggins can't hurt me. And then good old Steve Nudelberg with Confessions of a Serial Salesman. That's hot fire. I love it. I love it. Well, Larry, I thank you so much for coming on. Tons of great insights here. The acronyms are going to be the, the, the tangible action items people can go take and implement. I think hiring is so key for startups. Hiring good salespeople early is so key. Uh, because they can become toxic. They can ripple throughout the organization if they're unhappy. So having people that come in with the right expectations or the right skill set is huge. So I thank you for all your knowledge and insights. Where can everyone find you and follow you? Because like I mentioned, you're one of my favorite followers on LinkedIn. So if you're accepting connections, people should get on that. Best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, just go ahead, send me a connection request. You can't miss me, Larry Long Jr. I got the smile for a mile. That's I got it. the face for radio. You can't, <laughs> you can't mistake who I am. Uh, I'm happy to connect. I'm happy to help. Whatever I can do to assist, serve as a resource for you, certainly happy to do that. And I look forward to chatting with you soon. Awesome, Larry. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Zero to a Million podcast, brought to you by Unstack, the no-code marketing platform. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. See you next week for more startup insights and strategies.